0: Before we begin, we start with our uh, sponsors and our partners. Firstly, MeccaBooks.com. All right, if you are interested in any theological topics, you go straight to MeccaBooks without thinking, and you will find books there that have been vetted by the ulama and that are set to go. Right, you will not find any issues with those books. Secondly, you're going to look at professors one if you're interested in if you're interested in a tutor or you need a tutor or your kid needs a tutor or your kid is struggling in math or he doesn't know how to do uh, the SATs. So you go to wwwprofessors one Or you say to yourself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to support this nothing but facts live stream rather than just benefit, 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 and only just take, 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 and never contribute. But you could actually be part of getting the web of this operation by keeping it going at Patreon.com backslash Safina Society. Right? Patreon.com backslash Safina Society is where you can actually benefit from this. And um and, and give benefit to this operation by being a patron, okay? You want to take any of our classes, you could do so at um, arcview.com. But today, we will start talking straight about the issues happening in bilad al-Hind, which is, I'm, reading, I'm going to read to you from the New York Times. And it's getting really just terrible in India. So, a girl was raped pretty badly subhanallah but this time at least they 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 arrested one guy so one guy took the fall but she was raped 13 times so go explain that it's like an unbelievable situation this girl she just gets uh raped many times one guy gets arrested so let's let's read the story about this muslima i mean nobody cares for these people um all the muslim nations are handcuffed right they're all handcuffed because they're all on the hook Financially, for some to some nation or other, okay. We're in Lalitpur. Familiar with Lalitpur? You're India or Pakistan? I'm India. You're in. So Lalitpur. You are familiar with that? Like, okay. UP. What's UP? UP is like one of the northern states. What's it called? Uh, ordish province uh, Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Uttaranchal province or something. Yeah, okay. Talking. So in UP, Lalitpur Loop, Loop UP, Lucknow i know that I'm, I'm familiar with that there's one of the ulama his name is a looknawi. a 13 year old girl is raped okay again and again and again while she's in the charge of urat pradesh lalitpur okay when she had gone there to register the complaint she goes to <laughs> register the complaint she gets raped again the teen alleged No, she alleged okay but but in the light of, all that's ha- in light of all that's happening in India, I tend to believe it. Yeah. Because all the stuff that's going on in, to the Muslims of India would make you believe what she's saying is true. She alleged she was raped by four men. I said 13 times. I meant she was 13 years old. But she was raped by four men. I confused like her age and the amount of times she got raped. And then she went to the police station to file a complaint with a relative. All right? At the station house, uh, the station house officer, Tilakdari Saruj, he was arrested, because he then raped her. She went to file the complaint to him, mm-hmm. and he raped her. Well, obviously, we can believe her, because he got arrested. So there must be some evidence. Nobody just gets arrested from just a claim, especially a cop. All cops posted at the police station, where the, where the legends in his take place, have been removed from duty, because... Every time there's a crime, there are people who witness that crime. And they did nothing. So you're uh, as guilty. A DIG, I don't know what that means, level officer will investigate the case and file a report within 24 hours. The FIR, another acronym that we don't know what it means, filed by the girl's father on Tuesday stated that she was lured by four men and taken to Bhopal on April 22, where they raped her for four days wow the accused then brought her back to her village and dropped her off uh, at the police station before escaping wait a second you rape a girl and you drop her off at the police station that doesn't add up doesn't make any sense does it the accused police station in charge then handed over the girl to her aunt the complaint stated adding that she was called to the police station the next day to record her statement why would you drop her off Then ask her to come back to record your statement. Why don't you take her statement right then and there? This whole story is weird. Next day, the accused official took the girl inside a room in the presence of her aunt and raped her in front of the girl's aunt. How bizarre is this story? I mean, do you notice that every step of the story makes no sense? So they lure her. They take her far away. They rape her for four days. Oh, then they have the courtesy to bring her back to her her town. Not only that, they bring her back to the police station, which that makes no sense. Then the police station delivers her to her aunt and says, oh, by the way, come again tomorrow to fill out a complaint. How does that make sense? And then she goes to fill out the complaint. Then in front of the aunt, they rape her again. Okay. The girl's aunt has also been named as someone accused. Mm-hmm. Are you following this on your phone? Do you have it on your story? Uh, no. Okay, you're really so yeah, so yeah. okay. Maybe if you get something else you can read it to us. But so the girl's aunt is complicit. Now the aunt is like a mother. An mm-hmm. aunt's supposed to love her niece. Why is she allowing that this girl be raped? So Lalitpur Police said they have charged the official for rape. And under the Protection of Children from Sexual Offenses Act, I don't know India had such laws, but they have one, uh, he's charged. The SHO, I guess, the whole article is acronyms that they don't name, which is just like terrible journalism. The SHO is suspended, and he is named criminal. So so we have formed a team to arrest him. An NGO brought to the girl brought the girl to my office. She had given them the details after I was informed of it. I ensured that a case was filed, said the police chief of Lalitpur. Congress leader Priyanka Gandhi slammed the state government and said the alleged rape incident shows how genuine law and order reforms are being suppressed in the noise of bulldozers. The gang rape of a 13-year-old girl, she says, in Lalitpur... And then her rape by the police in charge when she went to file a, camp- a complaint shows how genuine law and order reforms are being suppressed in the noise of bulldozers. If police stations are not safe for women, then where will they go to make complaint? She said in a tweet. Okay. Um, anonymous says this only happens in UP. Is it like a bad area? UP?
1: UP is like a, the center of like BJP, it's... Oh, gonna use, the, this, this the Hindu... Like where, like the, the all central, the Hindu stuff. Yep, all of that... Hindu stuff is happening. Hindu stuff is going on there.
0: All right, so that is a weird... Are we good, right? Good. This is really weird. The whole story is really odd. You know? Why would the ant be involved? Right?
1: So this is very interesting about like the structure of the police. Like I think UP is, so I'm, I'm going to be reading. There's um, there's an author. Yeah. His name is uh, Ashtosh. Uh, he's a Brown University professor and he wrote a book okay. on the ethnic conflict in civil life in those Muslims in India. Okay. Right. And his, uh, one of his theses that he's writing, like that he explores is the concept of whether like you can define this as a riot or something more serious than a riot. Uh, the term that they're they're using so there, there were riots in india like the past and i think in like early february march mm-hmm. so he's saying that these riots are not simply riots right they're on a level higher than that mm-hmm. right it's uh, pogroms. okay um which is a special class of riots when it's no lo- when it's no longer simply a clash between two mobs or groups Instead, the police are siding with one group either by looking away or by abetting and sometimes even directly participating in the violence. So That's what's going on. That, that, that's what he's...
0: What is he calling it?
1: It's uh pogroms.
0: Pogroms, yeah. yeah. This is what happened in Europe, and this is what's happening now.
1: So he... He explains, like, the idea about the police structure in, in Delhi, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's somewhat similar to how we have police structure in D.C. Like, yeah. Delhi is a very... So he, 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 um, he says, Delhi is a unique structure for police operations. In every other part of India, the police report to the state government and not to the central government because law and order is defined as a state's subject by India's constitution. But Delhi's police reports to the central government, not to the state government. Technically, Delhi is not, full, not a full-fledged state, somewhat like D.C. I see. Okay. The, the fact that the central government is led by the BJP would therefore make Modi's government responsible for law and order in Delhi. Uh, and the Minister so the Mo- capital directly. Yeah, so you're dealing with, you are under whoever's in power right now. At the,
0: oh, that's so why. They're,
1: they're, you report directly to them. I see.
0: There's no state.
1: There's no, there's no state government. It's straight, to the, to the it's straight to the federal. Straight ah, to the federal. I got
0: you, okay. Well, that's how it always is. Like, Sayyidina Umar was the uh, Amir of Medina. He was the wali of Medina as well as the khalifa of the entire ummah. Um, that's usually how the capital is. No, no. Yeah.
1: And But the, the the government, the capital that exists currently yeah. right now, like with, with uh, this BJP in power and Modi in power, they're, it's obviously not very sympathetic. Of also. course,
0: of course. So that's why UP is all happening. It's all happening in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's see if this one is on UP. So now the question is someone saying, uh, we know what's gonna happen in the subcontinent. Why do we need to discuss it? But not everyone knows about the subcontinent. Like, I, if I didn't do this episode, I wouldn't know about the subcontinent. Yeah. Like, I force my this episode. This when we do this on Wednesdays, it forces me to read about what's going on. That's number one. Number two, if a wrong thing happens and no one says anything, that's the first way that everyone's gonna get away with it. Yeah. No one pays attention. No one pays attention. So, in the absence of having power. To change something is making noise about it, right? And we even have that from the seed of the prophets I sent him. A man was abusing his neighbor, and there was nothing like really criminal that he was doing. He couldn't take him to court. He couldn't change him. So what did the prophets I sent him do? say? He said, take all your furniture out of the house. If people say, what is this? Because it's odd. You have all your furnishings outside your house, so you're catching attention. He said, then say, my, tell them, my neighbor is abusing me. So get attention and then tell everybody. So there in the absence of being able to change anything, you have to talk about it. But also it's from the uh, and if you were if you were oppressed, wouldn't it at least make you feel a little bit better that the rest of the ummah is talking about you? Right? Yeah. At least feels a little bit better. Now they might not know, but Allah's watching and He sees what we're doing, and we're having concern with the affairs of the Ummah. So as bad as it is, okay. But you, but you but you got to see what kind of nema that we're in and what kind of fitna that they're in because they're bearing the brunt and so are the palestinians so are the Uyghurs and the rohingians and, and kashmiris their kashmiris are getting fired on with with the type of bullet used to, to kill animals which is the bullet that sprays because let's say there's an animal com- a couple animals coming at you or one big one and you can't really you're afraid so you c- you won't shoot properly so they have a bullet that actually explodes in the air and bird and shot. huh it's called I think bird shot yeah it's a bird shot oh maybe it's used for birds too it just fires it sprays like a firework yeah they do that and what happens is it inevitably blinds everybody people get blinded by it These so like the lead pellets the little lead pellet
1: and they're they're actually poison if you get like lead pellets that are left in your body it, if the lead seeps out and if you have a high concentration terrible. of lead it's poisonous for your body that's what
0: they use on the Kashmiri Muslims so you have people blind you know like the number of people who are blinded is, is really high what were you gonna say?
1: I was gonna say it's also like um, almost a point of the self as well. Like, if how are you gonna, how is your heart gonna ache for the for these individuals if you don't
0: even if you, know you don't du- read their story, you have to read their stories, right? You got to see what's going on. How and are you gonna
1: make like deep sincere dua for them? Yeah, exactly. If, if you're not moved. You're not moved because you don't know what's going on.
0: Yeah, and yet you got to be moved, and you got to know the details of what's going on with them. And sometimes it may be gory details, but that's what's gonna, you know, move your heart. And I don't even believe in this this way of talib ilm anymore the old way of student of knowledge and worship and whatever and he goes into a hut for five years and comes out to me i would really consider that to be um, very damaging in a number of ways like the first way is that when you do that when you come out you're 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 going to be so disconnected from everything else you're going to end up spending probably five years catching just catching up with how the world's changed around you. Secondly, all of our nearness to Allah in this day and age is not by a lot of ibadah. It's by khidmah. And the ibadah that we do, the dhikr that we do, is supposed to help us have the patience and the sabr to do khidmah. Right? That's really what it is. It's fueling us to purify our intention and have the patience to do this service to the ummah. We're not going to be elevating in ranks in this day and age because of a lot of ibadah. Like our ibadah you'd be washed out by one of our sins. Just one sin today is so gross. It'll wash out. Half of our wealth and our food is tainted with riba. Right? Who knows if what, where, where our food's even coming from. Even if you did due diligence, you never really know. There's always going to be something you consume that's bad. Everything around us. So, yeah, we do a lot of ibadah, but what is the function of our, of our worship? To purify our intention. And to fuel us with the sabr, the patience. Okay and to bring nur down to ourselves that we could share with others that's the whole point the whole the ummah is in dire need of sharing at this point right away any resource that you have it's all hands on deck so that's the idea that when we when we're calling for a path of three maqasid ilm suluk, and da'wah we seek knowledge we have spirituality and we do da'wah part of that is being in touch with the different facets of the ummah right and what we can Control. Right here. All of us, we can control is we can post stuff online. Anybody can do that. It's the least, but it's the one most everyone has. We also have, alhamdulillah, with this this soup kitchen, every Wednesday we're meeting absolute strangers. Non-Muslims. Absolute strangers. By the way, just to show you as like a sign of, I guess, a good sign. Spanish guy walks by today. Big smile on his face. And he gives me a fist bump right I guess he's been here before right so he, he, li- he likes us that's a sign yeah. this guy is a complete stranger who would have reached him for Islam before this and we don't do any explicit dawah we do zero explicit dawa. it's all implicit we're not getting in people's faces but they know we're Muslim the one thing that we are is we're outwardly Muslim sometimes Ryan's wearing a thobe sometimes other people are wearing thobes all the time. <laughs> You're, you, Ryan you wear a thobe for the dinners right sometimes right sometimes. whatever it is be natural we that, everybody knows. yeah we, we know and and we're not it's not orchestrated it's just by na- naturally and as a principle we are open about being muslim why because at some point we were doing this dawah for like years uh giving out the food and some guy thought we were from a church and I was like, after all this time, he thinks we're from a church. That's not good, right? What's the point of all this, right? Uh, it's not like he didn't know where, what we're about. He thought we're about something opposite of what we are. Yeah. So we're like, all right, from now on, we've got to wear so, some mark of Islam. So that's what we do. And so we do have that sphere of control. We do have the local masjid, MBIC, where we're headquartered, where the youth need help, ma'am. Like the, the 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 public school youth, Islamic school youth, homeschool youth. Homeschool is probably the safest ones, but the Islamic school youth are they also need support. Public school youth need even more support because when you see them come in, they're like a fish out of water sometimes, right? And I can just tell from my classes, like the basics are not being transmitted to them. They need support. Everyone needs support college youth so all of our students have to be there they got to be contributing in some way shape and form so we're studying and we have dhikr nights and we have all that and antikaf and all that stuff but we have to be right away involved in these three facets and for the ummah at large our fast our, our action on on that front is the most passive it's essentially just reading and having a feeling in our heart and making a dua for them
1: a question That's on it. this, right? Yeah. We read all these stories every week. Yeah, bring it <laughs> We read all these stories every week. And yeah. obviously, to a certain extent, we get mm-hmm. normalized to it. And we don't feel as much in our heart. Yeah. And uh, part of that is also these stories are so distant from us. Mm-hmm. We also lack feeling in that sense of well. So like from these dimensions, it's hard for us to connect Good point. emotionally with them. Good point. Um, and even perhaps on a spiritual level, then it becomes difficult to connect on a spiritual level as well. Yeah. So what are some means or some ways to remedy that?
0: All right, so that brings up a good problem. So sometimes you, you, you look at one step of action that looks like the right step, but you, you know for sure it's going to produce the second problem, right? okay. What you just mentioned. I always look at it like this. Um, you, don't, you, you can never get the full solution to something right away. Rather, what you do is you eliminate the biggest problem. You worry about the secondary problem later. So what's the biggest problem is not even talking about it at all, right? Like no mention of it at all. That's the essential problem. So the worst thing in a, in a country could ever do, and you know this in history from World War I and World War II, is fight on the East and West. You cannot fight two enemies at once. You only fight one enemy at a time. So that's how I always look at it. So what you're saying is 100% Right. And I haven't really thought about that because we're just on the issue of removing the first issue, which is having no um, concern for the issue at all, or no mention of the issue at all. So we can discuss this, and we can see what people say about it too, in terms of if we keep reading these stories, we read about Palestine all the time, we get sort of um, numb to it. It becomes a norm, right? And how do we handle that? I think it's no different to ikhlas. When we make salah, mm. salah becomes a norm. So why should I feel any kushuah when I'm making salah? Recitation of the Qur'an. The Qur'an is like a norm to you. If you hear the Qur'an, you're not like, wow, what is that, right? Well, guess who else said that? Sayyid Abu Bakr Siddiq. Abu Bakr Siddiq said that he loved to watch the new Muslims hear the Qur'an for the first time. He says because he no longer has as a a veteran Muslim, that same, like, awe. Likewise, when you have a baby and he's discovering, like, ants for the first time. It's yeah. fun to watch them discover that, but you have no, it's not new to you, right? Same thing with, um, as, a, as a teacher of deen, discovering when 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 a kid, a youth, discovers, like, madhab for the first time or dhikr for the first time. The joy, at a certain point, is watching other people discover it, right? So, so you have developed, in a sense, that Yes, I may not be the one who's shocked by it, but we can go to another level. I'm no longer surprised by this stuff, but we could take this to another level now because now we can influence others. We could spread the news to others. So yeah, I'm I'm no longer shocked that Israel is doing something to the Palestinians or the um, uh, Indians to the Muslims, the Hindus to the Muslims, but we move on beyond that now to being able to maybe expand our influence to mere to to spreading the news to others. And and I personally think that's where it's gonna end. None of us are equal to a state. The entire country of Pakistan can do zip for India. And no offense to anyone who's who, who loves their country of Pakistan. I I love Pakistan. I want to go to Pakistan. I love the idea that the they must made a country just for Muslims built upon like Islamic Republic of Pakistan. That's what it's called, right? I think that's more Afghanistan nowadays than Pakistan. Afghanistan?
1: Afghanistan is- about like what's going on on the ground in Afghanistan and even like Western Pakistan. Yeah. These guys are very strong.
0: Like, yeah, but except that I, I don't get the idea that you just fly into to Afghanistan and check into a hotel and hang out, right? But I do get that. You can't do that, right? It doesn't work, that it doesn't work like that in Afghanistan. But I get that from Pakistan. I could probably go in there, call a friend, hit, hit up a friend at WhatsApp. Hey, you know anyone who could show me around? I can meet up with someone, have dinner. I guarantee you if I stopped in Pakistan right now, drop me anywhere in pakistan i could put out a message to some friends hey i'm in xyz city you know where i could go and issue any have circles and within two hours i'll be with somebody one connection away no. right one degree of separation away we'll be going to a dad, going to a masjid going to a restaurant in one day i don't Think that's the case in pakistan in afghanistan unless you know someone so in fremont
1: i think it's it's different between east and west pakistan yeah east pakistan is more like developed and i yeah. think you would have an easier time like you it's like a city like it's like go to like new york or like go to a, a foreign city like
0: pakistan uh, right as yeah. eastern pakistan eastern pa- Western, oh eastern pakistan is Western
1: like pakistan like more the mountainous area you're going into like the where the Pashtun ethnic Pashtun people are I'm, sc- I'm scared a, of those guys.
0: Those guys are. <laughs> I don't want to mess around with those guys. <laughs> those guys, uh, you need
1: to have a. You need to have a guide. You need to have someone like hold your hand and take you around.
0: Where was I invited last week? Uh, last last uh, uh, Mola season. Oh, I, I remember it, it was. Uh...
1: Do you remember where it was? It's where Yep from.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, where are you from? What, Peshawar. Peshawar. I was invited to Peshawar, and if it's a Peshawar, right? You got to go with somebody, as if it's some other world inside of Pakistan. Right? And they're like, oh, you're getting, you can get shot, right? You can get killed, you can get kidnapped, right? So, um, Peshawar, I think, was a big deal, right? But I, I've always said I want to go to Pakistan. First of all, number one, um, I, if I want to go to any Islamic country, I want to go to the old district. I don't want to go to the modernized district. Yeah, What's yeah, the yeah. point? So, if I'm going to go to Pakistan, I don't want to go to the big cities. I want to go to the Peshawar-like areas. Yes, yes. yes. The areas where it's old-fashioned, right? Where uh, things haven't changed as much. That's the joy of it, right? See, my dad actually was um, what you call it um, when he retired, and my mom retired. They had nothing to do. Ended up circumstances for made them move to Qatar. They end up moving to Qatar, and they joined the on the doing in Qatar. So they joined the. Uh, I think Qatari Red Crescent that ended up moving them to Kashmir after the earthquake my dad was an engineer my, my dad uh, was like management and my mom was a physician
1: Red, Red Cross I mean the Red Crescent Red is like,
0: Crescent is the like opposite of the Red Cross basically oh okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a relief yeah it's a relief wow that's really big yeah, okay. it's a it's a, re- <laughs> it's a relief organization so they end up going there and my dad Dad ends up managing the building of a pedestrian bridge that was destroyed, the building of it. And my mom treats patients. No electricity, no running water. Right? And you had to go down into Pakistan to get your your, your supplies and come back up to Kashmir, to that village of Kashmir. And my dad said he would go down every day. And there would be places in this area and he would get a piece of the bread, none, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said this thing was made, like the wheat was from a farm like two minutes away. It was made right in front of him in a uh, in the they they you know they put the bread against the wall yeah, of a yeah, yeah. of an oven, yeah. right? And it's an old guy doing it, and then he puts like straight ghee uh, or butter on um, butter, I guess, right? Ghee is butter, right? A, yeah. On top of the stuff, he says it's dripping, and then the tea, dark. <laughs> Chai, first thing in the morning, and it's cold, like the weather's cold. Oh, you're, you're exhaling, and the vape, you know, like it's, it's coming well, out because it's so you're in the mountains. You're in the mountains yeah. And hot piece of bread, hot piece of tea, hot cup of tea. And he said he downed the whole naan, right, with all that butter and the tea. He's like, that was the best, you know, breakfast that he's ever had, right? Straight cultural stuff, right? No. Uh, you know, uh, processed foods no. straight. And he said, you work so hard, you burn off all that stuff. Like, you're going to work so hard during the day and walk and stuff. What's so funny? It's like
1: uh, we were having iftar in, uh, in the haram and, and these guys just they take a can of tuna,
0: yeah. just put the tuna on the ground,
1: <laughs> they take some bread, they take some cheese, and it's just like...
0: Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. There is a lot of buttock in that kind of eating. Listen to this. Maliki Click says, Call the people to dinner with a a gala horn and horned Viking helm. So, bro, the Viking food, Scandinavian food, what do they eat? What is Scandinavian food? It's like gefilte fish. uh,
1: uh,
0: I'm disconnected.
1: It's, It's gefilte
0: fish it's like you know it's like fish
1: you know what they say about the western pakistanis though right like what? the but some of the, i think i was talking to waleed who's uh, from pakistan and he's we met some of these you know like western Pakistanis from like waziristan and uh, Peshawar and yeah places like that yeah and he's like these guys are these are the vikings of pakistan uh, <laughs> like these guys you <laughs>
0: these are the hardcores <laughs> these are the hardcore guys yeah
1: <laughs> you don't mess with these guys uh
0: no, you don't mess with these. These are the old school. This is like borderline Afghanistan, right? This, yeah,
1: no, this is... Yeah, the people in eastern Pakistan are scared of these. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's how it is, you know? Yeah,
0: these guys are holding it down. All right, now check this out. Perpetual violence, India's dangerous new pattern of communal tensions. As a national campaign by right-wing groups inflames local tensions, Muslim communities are facing the harshest punishments according to activists, analysts and retired officials. Okay. And they have this being written by three Indian, three Hindus are the authors of this in the New York Times. Kargan India, the authorities sent bulldozers to the small city in central India within 24 hours of clashes between Hindus and Muslims that turned into a mob fueled rampage. So the authorities are siding with one side of their citizenry against the other. What, what, how far off is it to say to people, move to Pakistan? Ridiculous, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, right? You have
1: like an Indian passport. And yeah. just, yeah.
0: they, even Pakistan may not accept it, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: The visa issues and all of that, is just, it's difficult. Yeah. It's, the visa issues. And, and then, you know, you have to deal with the consulate. Right? Yeah,
0: the consulate. Sometimes, too, there's some such practical things, like you have old fam- family members that you have to take care of, um, and they can't move. The idea of moving them is not possible. The Hindus said stones had been thrown from the direction of the mosque where Muslims were breaking the Ramadan fast. So they break the fast with one hand and throw stones at Hindus with the other hand. Hard to believe, but let's continue. The Muslims said the Hindu pro- procession had moved towards them with provocative chants. Aren't these people fasting? They're tired, right? You think they're going to pick a fight while fasting? Before any official investigation or court ruling, the home minister... Madhya Pradesh appeared to fault the Muslims and ordered demolitions. No court hearing, nothing. Ordered demolitions right away. So they are the police, the judge, and the executor. Executioner. The same swift, one-sided punishment imposed in two other states over recent clashes. Now you throw stones at someone that's an assault, bring it to court, show the damages, get paid. In a lawsuit, right? No, the the government's getting involved here and... Saying the houses from which stones were pelted, we will turn them into rubble. Okay, says Nartam Mishra. So this is basically a pogrom, essentially. Okay, Pakistan has to get involved. What is going on here? Like Khalas is Pakistan? Com- is Pakistan completely handcuffed that they can't even do a thing? That's what it seems to be. Here you bulldoze in homes, right?
1: I think just geopolitics has, just like, changed in the past, like, 50 to like 75 years. Right? It's like, you can't invade, you can't just walk into another country anymore and be like, hey, this is like, you know, it was normal back in the day. This is like an invasionary force. We're declaring war on you. Yeah. Bring out your warriors. We will fight your warriors. Yeah. If we defeat your warriors, we now we, have your country. Yeah. Now, wars have completely changed into, number one, they involve non-combatants. Right? This, this economic warfare. Economic warfare. Yep. No, but also even like physical warfare now also involves non combatants. hundred percent. Like this is this is weird. hundred percent. Like yep. historically speaking, this is weird. And number two, it's you your country can't defend its sovereignty. Like mm-hmm. it's in in the case of it doing so, it's okay now, like for example, there is an argument to be made. I'm not saying that I would support this argument, but there's an argument to be made that Russia invaded Ukraine to defend sovereignty
0: yeah from the from nato being on its borders yes. by the way u.s initiated this whole thing by the way so obvious yeah. yeah
1: but it's now like people are, are, are how can russia do this shocked <laughs> how can russia try to like preemptively defend yeah. itself uh, when you have the u.s preemptively like sending drone strikes like half iraq pakistan
0: the afghanistan ridiculous so. totally ridiculous
1: I mean, it's, it's an anomaly. Like Everything has to be coded in this layer of peace, non-violence. Which is a lie. It's yeah. a complete lie. It's a facade. Yeah. But, like, that's. Also, Pakistan also has its own internal issues, right? Yeah. With uh, Imran Khan and uh, oh, it has yeah. been going on. Him they got in,
0: drama. Can you come over? Uh, we need to get you a backjack over here so that I don't have to keep turning my neck. You know what? We're going Because he's not on the camera anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. Even if you are, we'll put a camera here. And then um, we need to get himself a backjack. Well, they always are, are few, making sure these countries, the Muslim countries, are stuck in their own drama, right? Yeah. Busy with their own drama. That's a problem. Now, listen to this. Communal tensions in Kargan, New Delhi, and Gadrat, and the demolitions that followed in each are part of a worrisome new pattern, according to analysts, activists, and former civil servants. In the past, cl- such clashes were, off, were usually set off by a local issue and remained contained to a single area. For example, the Gujarat riots of 2002, a thousand died. Okay. Um,
1: this was when Modi. He was the. This happened when Modi. He was like the governor of the state. Yeah. Of Gujarat.
0: Oh, okay. So this was like. So he's still a local guy. At was, that point.
1: He was mm-hmm. the guy that was like supposed to be the governor, managing. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of. I think there was a trial actually against Modi. Yeah. For being responsible for these, for this massacre. Wow. Wow. Uh, that's that's some of the backdrop behind also Modi becoming now the, like this guy that had a trial against yeah. for being like genocidal or you know like invoking these sort of riots that led Indeed. to the massacre of a hundred pe- or a thousand people. So he has a
0: track record of doing you,
1: this. You stuff. just have like a little bit of a track record.
0: Yeah. The recent violence, the most widespread communal tensions in recent years, played out across several states, multiple clashes with the same characteristics and one-sided punishment, and they are rooted in the rhetoric of right-wing groups at the national level, that are targeting Muslims through provocation, a campaign emboldened by the silence of the country's top leaders. The concern is that the clashes will become more frequent. It's going to be essentially um, a pogrom. The nationwide provocations by right-wing activists, which spread swiftly through social media, inspire local groups who are increasingly turning religious occasions into political events, promoting Hindu-first versions visions of India and Muslims as second-class citizens. When the recent tensions spilled into violence last month, authorities in those places rushed to dole out punishments that fell disproportionately on the Muslims and circumvented the legal process. After clashes in New Delhi, demolition mainly of the Muslim-run shops and kiosks continued for nearly two hours after India's chief justice issued a halt. Bulldozers swooped up Tea stalls and ripped-out staircases that left a family stranded, without a way down. They destroyed the walls of a mosque before stopping short of a nearby Hindu temple. Officials in these in the three states justified the raising. I, by the way, I think at this point, difficult or not, you got to find a way out. You can't live like this. The are demolishing your homes, right? Of officials in three states justified the raising, saying that they were going they were going after illegal encroachment. But the timing, along with the speeches, suggests a link to the clashes. Blah blah blah. I fear that we are in a stage of perpetual violence, says Asimadia, a researcher who studied a rise in Hindu nationalism, and the Hindutva. Social media, 24-hour news, mean that the Hindutva groups, which are now, very tech savvy, graft into local context, a hot button issue, right? And that sparks, you know, these reactions. In an open letter to Modi, more than a hundred retired senior civil servants called for an end to hate and vigilante violence. It's not vigilante; it's a state-sponsored too. I would say, and that they the
1: reason they're sending it to Modi. Yeah, like, they, like how is he going to stop it if it's not like state-sponsored? State these aren't like state-sponsored. Uh, these are they're sending it to Modi because. He
0: has the power to stop it. Yeah, yeah. Of course, but talking to such an individual is a naive thing. Why would you talk to this person? You know that, uh, this, that this person is, has no care for you, and he wants this. He loves this. Side, what's going on. He wants this. Law, the administration of law, instead of being an instrument for maintaining peace and harmony, has become a means by which the minorities are kept in perpetual fear. Okay. Another group of retired officials countered with a letter in support of Modi calling concerns empty virtue signaling. What do you mean by provocation, a person says? These are false allegations levied by the perpetrators to save their skins. Hindus are the victims. Oh, wow. Way out in left field, this guy. Hindus are the victims. Kargan is a town of about 200,000. Okay. Okay has a history of small-scale tensions. Three-quarters of the population is Hindu. Hindus and Muslims share the same streets and neighborhoods. Blah, 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 blah. That's it. We've read enough. It's all just repeating the same concepts that a little clash occurs and then the the Muslims deal with that uh, by one-sided, you know, one-sided solutions. All right, let's open it up. We got time for about twenty-five minutes of, op- of of QA. We could do open QA, but we could try to if we keep it to the topic, it would be better. Let's see, Madiki, click what he says here. Pakistan has to jump in and protect Indian Muslims, or at least welcome to Pakistan. Like you got to make you know whatever the politics is, figure it out. Well, why is everything so complicated? Like, can't someone just say, figure it out? Like, that's it. I'm making a a a, a uh, executive decision here that any muslim who who comes in with what they call it um um seeking asylum for their own safety from india we're going to accommodate them india is emboldened because the world is not reacting right palestine uyghurs what are they doing no one's reacting to india the way they are reacting to the ukraine We are alone, the ummah is alone in this world with no helper except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All those big beards that were celebrating that they got rid of Imran Khan. Mm. The the, the big bearded uh, senators, the supposedly Muslim candidates and they don't like him. That's that's who was behind him, right? Mm. Behind, Behind the ousting of Imran Khan were the big beards. So where are your big beards when it comes to this? Right? Oh, you don't like Imran Khan because you think he's not Islamic enough, or whatever the reason that they didn't they want him out. No. But this is the issue, right? Putin invades Ukraine under the guise of him rescuing Russians in Ukraine from oppression. Why can't Pakistan use the same premise? You gotta get them out somehow. It's ridiculous what's happening here, right? Things can't be that complicated. You gotta simplify things. It's so easy for any politician not to take any action by simply saying, "You know what? Um, it's it's complicated, right?"
1: You have to. I think you have to distinguish like what's what's actually just in your head. Yeah. And like what's what's actually going on like in the ground. Yeah. And the only way you can start to sip, like distinguish what's in the head, like mm-hmm. what's what's real and what's just made yeah. up in your mind, is by taking action.
0: By taking action. You're, you'll see. Yeah. You'll see. Exactly. You, yeah.
1: see, you see what happens. Like, okay, exactly. This, 100%. This was This was, oh, hindsight. 2020, 20, this was in my head.
0: And also, yeah, exactly. You see the reactions of the world, right? Yeah. You see the reaction. Nobody. Sometimes people do something and they don't. If they didn't do anything, then you know that it was all in your head. You'll never really know anything until you take action and see the live demonstration.
1: But the question is, is Pakistan have enough, like... I think people are worried about Pakistan being strong enough.
0: Are they strong enough? Do you rather die? Right? Maham says it's a very naive solution. It's more complicated. Even if all the Muslims were welcomed in Pakistan, it will not solve the problems. But at least they won't be killed. Right? Yeah, so again, it's trading two different problems. See, that's the thing. You can't ever look for a solution to everything. You got to look at your biggest problem and eliminate that. It doesn't mean you're not going to have big problems still big problems but at least you've gotten rid of your biggest problem so the biggest problem if you're a muslim in the up in one of these areas you can be killed your home is destroyed right okay so i move now in pakistan now i got other problems yes you do we're not we're not saying you're gonna have no problems and that it's a solution the method the best method to be, be a pragmatist in problem solving is identify your issues eliminate the biggest problem knowing It will result in other problems, but they're lesser. So your net loss is less. Then you repeat the same methodology, right? The same methodology with your new set of problems. Eliminate the biggest problem. Knowing full well it may cause other problems that are less or retain problems that are less. Okay? And slowly, over time, you start narrowing them down, removing them one thing at a time. One thing at a time. I mean, that's the way that – I think that's the way it's going to work. Hindu minorities are not exactly treated very well in Pakistan either. It may be that they're not. But if we're talking about the Muslim in India who's getting killed, what's happening, how the Pakistanis deal with the Hindus is a whole other issue, right? We got one – two wrongs don't make a right. But also I'm not seeing them being bulldozed. Right by the Muslims, but okay, irrelevant for that. We're dealing with our ummah right now. Let the Hindus be concerned with their people, and I'll advise the Muslims as a general: treat your minorities correctly. Right. This is like this is like you know we have a young kid, yeah. right, and then uh, he say he he breaks a glass like glass vase, right? Yeah,
1: and then he's like, oh, and then you like you start to scold him, punish yeah. him, and he's like, oh, but your other kid, he got a B in his class. That, yeah. It's like, what does that no, have to do with anything? Yeah. Yeah, this is unrelated, you know. Like, yeah, we we do Yes, okay, maybe he needs to work harder and get his A. Exactly. Right? But you also need to not, You need to be more careful around the house and not be breaking the exactly. pieces right? Exactly. So it's
0: you need to. You need to logic, it, it It's 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 the uh, to me it's the practice of staying focused, no. right? And staying focused means that there are major issues, but I can't look at them right now, right? Because I have to focus on this right we have to focus so and the issue of fixing a problem is that there's a lot of theory around it there's a lot of theory around it but you'll never there's a lot of thoughts and suspicions you never know what's going to happen until you take one step of action right and uh how many people is this affecting let's say a thousand people directly move into pakistan in a year right is that going to really change pakistan a thousand people got a thousand pakistanis moving to edison every year south brunswick every year right so how does one discuss this says ibrahim junaid amongst people who could be offended over this for example you have a friend from a certain nation committing atrocities but you want to raise awareness
1: i, I think that i remember i was at a yeah this is an NUI actually. We had one of these um, interfaith dinner's there's, there's a there's a Jewish school that came and yeah. of course there are like the activities where all the teachers were around and whatnot. Yeah. But then eventually it was lunchtime. It was just so the guys were sitting with the like the Jewish the, the students from the Jewish school that were the guys and the girls were sitting with the, the female uh, students from there. So we so NUI boys are sitting and then of course, you know. Then teachers aren't around anymore. we can have open conversation now. Right? Yeah. Topic of Israel Palestine. Where did you go? <laughs> where was it? This was in like this was in the multi purpose room of ICJ. Oh,
0: and another school came. A Jewish school came. Jewish school came, okay. Yes, yes, yeah. yes.
1: So this is like after all the activity done, like there's you know, everyone's like we all the teachers were. Now we're just sitting for lunch. Yeah. And it's just no, it's just we can have pure unadulterated okay. conversation with, like, So then adulterers. what happened? Of course, the like topic of like, israel-palestine comes up, right?
0: And, Nadi was and then so, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> someone, someone, I think one of the Jewish students, but he's like, like, so what do you guys think about like Israel and Palestine? I remember so distinctly. There was one kid in class, zero hesitation. He's like, yeah, I think what Israel's doing is wrong.
0: Yeah.
1: And he just stopped there. Like no, no, no bother for like no, it's just wrong. Yeah.
0: What, like, what, what, like, what, <laughs> one plus one is two. Why are we going to say, well, it, you know what, from one perspective. You
1: don't really have to, like, you don't need to, like, I think one of the biggest problems is, like, we try to act defensive. Yeah. Like, you don't need to, like, defend. It's, this is it.
0: That's it. Oh, that's I, that's this, my this belief. This is what's happening. Yeah. These are the facts. <laughs> so, a lot of people are just naysayers here. They're saying, um, going to Pakistan, Hisham says, Hisham at Chishti, a solution through Pakistan wouldn't be a practical one. Why not?
1: I think it's, one of the biggest things is like, okay, this is such a like, uh,
0: I think these topics See, Have so, we tried it? Has you, anyone tried it? These topics are so how is it not practical? Because yeah. like,
1: it's like, okay, there's so many parts of it. It's like, okay, do protests work? For yeah. example, like this is another thing that always comes up inevitably yeah. in this conversation. Like, should we be protesting? Does it matter if we protest? Yeah. It's, okay, then some people, we should protest even if we know the protests are ineffective because it's the best, like, it's like taking the SBAP and then Allah will reward you for taking the asbab, and he will like step in in that case, right? Yeah. Uh, but then there's the argument, like why are you doing something if you know it's, you know it's ineffective?
0: Yeah. Here's the thing. There's right. so many sides to this. There, I, I, there is, but it's, the Prophet said, Manlem لم يحتم, to be concerned. He did not say, whoever does not take in, in action, right? We're transmitting this concern to the next generation. How do you know the next generation won't have the power? They might have the power. All we're doing is transmitting the heart, the concern. And I'm telling you, if Mike, let's just look at this very simplistically, or simply, not simplistically. You can make up complications all you want. If your house is being bulldozed in the country, you move to the country next door. Okay? Okay. Now you're going to deal with the visa issues. What I'm saying is, it seems like it makes sense. If I'm a Muslim country, the Muslims next door to me are being abused. I start open some asylum. Why can the U.S. have asylum? Mm. If you can come to the U.S. on asylum. I'm not promising you I'm going to give you a home and, and food. You go find your own shelter. At least you won't be killed, though. Right? No. You're just eliminating the greatest of all problems. And you're going to tell me that adding 5,000 people to the country of Pakistan in a year... Is it gonna do anything? I guarantee you more people are leaving Pakistan. You're just replenishing your population.
1: Perhaps even like another perspective is to just to move within India to an area that's less
0: Go within India where there's no drama, right?
1: There's less There's probably like there isn't how, a how, lot of areas that have like no drama, places yeah. that have less, you know, like Alhamdulillah, like where my family is. Like yeah. We're like i I think <clears throat> in an area we're we're in Bombay. So yeah. in the suburbs of Bombay, and in that area it's not Things aren't too difficult for my okay. family. Yeah. Right. Um, my family also is like, is like middle to upper class. So Bombay is a safe area. For it's more multicultural.
0: Multicultural. Okay. It's
1: more multicultural than uh, say perhaps you know like a place like UP, which has a strict ideology. It's it's more like a, of an international city. You know. Yeah. So like I think moving within the the, the country is also. It's another possibility. It's another possibility. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they probably need money to move. We need to support them. Yeah. We, there's got to be some kind of charities to support just specifically this cause.
1: I think I think what would be really cool yeah. is like in the future of these episodes like if we got for for someone from like that knows like the history of yeah. of India like we have uh, like there are people within our own communities that are like closer to these areas of UP like people yeah. from Hyderabad that have closer connection to them. So we can perhaps like next episode just bring one of these individuals on and yeah. have a more of an open conversation with them.
0: Listen to this. Khadija says, this is a very important question, right? I think it will make more life more difficult for the remaining Muslims in India because one of the issues they face is being accused of being Pakistani stooges. This will embolden them even more. Here's my thing about pragmatics and priorities. If you're being killed and your family's home is being bulldozed, You, at this moment in time, are not yet in the position to care about anyone else. The perceived, perceived, not guaranteed, perceived ripple effect, okay? You don't have time to worry about that, right? If I'm being chased by a dog at this moment, okay, do I have, can I worry about anything else except saving myself from being eaten right now by a dog or bit by a dog? No. A
1: bear.
0: A bear. Uh, a cow <laughs> a killer cows the killer cows are coming after you right now what you have to do is just focus on the one problem that's facing you directly you have absolute certain knowledge of this problem how my, re- my solution is going to affect Indian, other Indian Muslims is a maybe it's, a, it's, it's, it's speculative maybe harms them, maybe not so what's more important this is, this is like kalam here The what is known for certain qati or the dhani speculative No, the Qatay. Absolute. We know for sure that this is happening. So I go and I save my tail first. Right? And then we'll see what happens after that. Right? So, Maham says, we've always taken people in. We took the most amount of Afghan refugees. Thank you. So tell the commenter above, okay, that there's no issue. Right? We've done it before. And here you're taking people who... I probably, and not not to like sound offensive or anything, but, but they would probably be fit in better in the community than the Afghans, right? Yeah. Afghans have their own language. They're ethnically different. They're, ethnically different. They, they're used to a different lifestyle. India, they're probably going to bring in skilled labor to your country, right? They're going to speak English. They're going to be able to open up IT or something like that, <laughs> right? Okay, next. Helping Hand Relief is providing the support. All right, good. Helping him. Thank you very much, Iman JPEG. All right. I I accidentally, unfortunately, refreshed the Instagram page. So if you... Who? YouTube. All right, so let's turn to YouTube. I accidentally uh, refreshed the Instagram page. So put your comments again if I didn't read them. But Maham says they accepted the Afghans. If you have accepted the Afghans, that worked. At least their lives are saved. They live a normal life. Now they're immigrants. Yes, it's a shot below living in your own country it's better than getting bombed by the americans okay maharashtra we don't have any drama here we have hindus fasting okay so go to bombay go to maharashtra become a maharaja (laughs) all right let's go to ryan what do you have
1: If Hinduism is all about re- reincarnation and you break the cycle by being righteous and kind and nonviolent, then how does this do this square away from oppressing Muslims?
0: Tell tell them Muslims of India, tell them, I was a Hindu in the previous life, and I've been <laughs> recreated now as a Muslim because I evolved up, I leveled up in this video game of yours. They probably view oppressing Muslims as an act of worship because their their uh, priests are promoting this this is jihad for them we are the kafirs for these people alright taj- uh, right, here's a question if your more poor Muslim neighbor runs to you and seeks protection in your house it becomes fard for you to protect them thank you let's stop talking this politics and academia and talk common sense I have a loaf of bread you're starving I split my loaf of bread with you. That's how simple the math equation is. You guys are getting bulldozed. Forget this, Pakistan. Let's get Pakistan out of the equation. He said Bombay. I'm a Bombay Muslim. My UP Muslims are getting their homes bulldozed. We're not just saying that they're being mistreated, they're getting fired. Homes bulldozed. You Bombay Muslims take action. I'm sure they're taking action. We just don't know about it, right? You gotta bring things down to the simple, and I guarantee you, people who do not want to act, those are the people who say, "Oh, it's complicated. It's political." Oh, there's many like the academic who doesn't want to take a position on something. Oh, there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of things to discuss. It's not that complicated. It's it's more complicated than you think, right? I, I hate this 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 created hardship. You are creating difficulty. You
1: just make the lot
0: take action yes yeah. and
1: then you just take
0: action based off of that yeah. take action right danny glover says or amira glover maybe she's related what is your opinion are you related to danny glover uh, what is your opinion on celebrating birthdays neither is it like recommended part of our deen nor is it haram but what happens inside of it may be haram maybe be halal may be rewardable maybe makruh. Like what? Showing love to a Muslim is rewardable. Extravagance is discouraged. Making people feel that they have to bring a gift and spend their money in a way that maybe it's hardship for them. is makruh. Willingly giving a gift out of love for your companion is rewardable. Um, maybe creating envy in others. That's why we never really had big birthdays for our kids. We just had the family and maybe the neighbor or something. And only for a few years. And then it just decreased. But because some people are poor in our communities. We are not the secular types of communities where, like, doctors only hang in with doctors. My family wasn't always religious when we were growing up. And our crew was doctors with doctors. That's it. All of our crew was doctors. But once we entered, like, the Islamic community, I was looking, wow. There's people are poor, driving like a terrible beat up car. I never, we never hung out with such people, but now we do. So we tone it down a little bit. You don't have a big extravagant party when you know this is really going to hurt your other. Let's say adults with adults, no problem. Okay, you're rich, I'm poor, no big deal. We're grown up. What about their kids? What about the kids of the poor kids families? Right? And they're looking and they're seeing they're equal just like them, a kid like them, he didn't do anything, he just, born into it, is having big, lavish parties, and we can't even afford, you know, wallah al I knew a family that was, they were in such tight straits financially, they worked and everything, that the kids would come home from school hungry, right, and they would eat, but kids don't know how to, how to ration food out, the mom and the family had to put a chain lock on the fridge because kids would come in hungry and they don't know how to ration food out they don't know that there's a family budget and this food is going to last for two weeks until the next paycheck eating all the food so she put a lock a chain on the fridge and the and the freezer and a lock can't open the fridge and the and the we're the opposite so many of our families if i said the food is good oh it was a big mistake I said, oh, this is, a, this is great food. Oh, really? Take some more, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I didn't want that much, right? Force fed some of our kids, right? Because of the wealth. And other kids can't have anything. So that's what you have to be very mindful about. So what it, at the same time, it's like, you see the kids going to birthdays and talking about birthdays. It's like, oh, what is a birthday like? And it grows in his head when it's not a big deal. So throw a couple cupcakes on the table. Put some candles up. Someone says, oh, it's a pagan ritual. You can look that up if you're interested. If it's not like one degree immediate pagan ritual, I'm not interested in going down that route. Because then we'll say, oh, headband's a pagan ritual. Or ponytail's a pagan ritual. Anything you can trace to a pagan ritual. So, put some candles out. A little cupcake. Maybe if the kid wanted like a pair of Jordans, you get him a pair of Jordans, right? Or something like that. Boom, it's thirty minutes, call it a day, done with. He's like, Oh, I have birthday every year. it's no big deal. Neither have we went into some transgression or big deal, and neither did was it ignored so that it grows in their heads. I'm very it's to me it's very important that a deprivation has to have a reason in the sharia. You dis or or in, in, in life, like phones for example. I think that there's a reason for kids to not have phones. There's a even scientific reason behind that. But and a moral reason behind that. But something that is not a hill worth fighting over, I'm willing to concede it within parameters so that I can focus my energy on the hill that is worth fighting over. So, okay, oh, I can't have a phone, and I can't have a birthday, and I can't go and have a sleepover, and I can't do all these things you know, with the neighbors. It's too much. So you have to concede some things in order to get other things. Anum says, you're always welcome To Pakistan, Lahore. What's better, Lahore, Karachi, or 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 Peshawar? What is it called? What was this?
2: I think you'd like uh, Lahore more. Karachi is like just like a city.
0: It's on the ocean.
2: Yeah, it's it's like it's all it's like New York. Yep. But it's usually where all the is happening.
0: Karachi. Yeah. Okay, and and what what was the city that we were just talking about? Peshawar.
2: Peshawar is more. Peshawar, you can't. I don't think you can go. You'll get kidnapped.
0: I'll I'll get kidnapped. (laughs) Peshawar for U.S. passport. Mauro Blanco says, your family wasn't always religious growing up. How did your folks become religious? I think they became religious. A couple of things happened at once. Firstly, my mom, she was a pediatrician. She would always go to these conferences. And at that time, gangs was a thing. Right? Gangs. We so were very concerned. Joining a gang. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> join a gang. Join a gang. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, drugs. Actually, I did join a gang. This is our gang. Right? <laughs> we need a inside Society gang. Right? But it's, it's a uh, uh, benevolent gang. So, but the issue is, I think a number of things happened where you had to, MTV was a big scare for parents too. Is MTV out of business? Music, it's television. Like, it's, they exist, but they're not. Yeah, they're, not, they're a, they're a non-thing. But MTV was the source of fasad at the time. MTV. And if you had MTV on your TV, which everyone did, if you had cable, that was the height of fasad. And kids who watched that were become corrupted. So you want to protect against this. With what are you going to protect against it? You have to have some religion in your life. But then there was a sheikh. And he came around, and he was uh, an inspiration to a lot of people. And that's where it really started. So, huh? I think it was pretty much a Salafi. But Egyptian-style Salafi. Is
1: there a
0: difference? There is. Egyptian-style Salafi probably, I think, can get further than the Wahhabi Salafi because they're more into... um, There are... More into the bid'ah element of things and action in deen. They were active more so than the aqidah element of things. Like the Wahhabis, the Saudis, are. I tend to find them more into the aqidah element of things. But
1: didn't they, like, um, what is it? Here's in the Hanabar, I saw one of these uh, big uh, Egyptian if His name was uh, Sheikh Mohammed uh, Yaqubi.
0: Hmm? No, you're talking about One second. Muhammad. Was Haq al-Hawaini? No, he was a student. Okay, no, this was an Egyptian Jihadi Salafi. He was an Afghan Jihad Salafi. right? And they were more into like action and dawah and stuff, more so than the Aqidah points.
2: Sheikh Mohammed Yaqubi. Yeah, Yeah. I was about to say Sheikh Mohammed Yaqubi. (laughs) That's as Sufi as it gets.
0: Someone says he dreamt of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sending me letters and was telling me to come where he is but there were obstacles. This dream would tend to seem to mean and Allah Ta'ala of course knows best that keep practicing the deen, there may be some obstacles but you need to overcome those obstacles in your tawbah and in your practice of deen. Okay, now back to Ammar Salafi. (laughs) Who is your Salafi? His name is
1: Muhammad Hussein Yaqub.
0: Yes, Muhammad Yaqub, he's famous Egyptian Salafi. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: He's very big. Yeah. I remember seeing
0: Oh, Adam. he's a big deal. You met him or you like saw
2: him from far away?
1: I was gonna go meet him, but it was just yeah. it was
2: Oh people around people around. knew him? Like he,
1: they were He was he like had a little entourage going and yeah was,
0: No the was, Sheikh that came around in New Jersey was very pious. Like extremely pious. Suffered a lot in his life. Jihad. There's
1: some shoo that I noticed in the Adam they're like super low key. Yeah. And then some are like have their entourage have their mask come out
0: celebrities you see like the you see the duality you see both sides yeah one is just an employee the other is a gangster type so he says I understand the entire situation isn't bad but the vast majority do not and that's something that shouldn't be ignored a Palestinian teen was just killed by police for illegally selling shoes Uh, I mean okay so if we write Allah's name on a paper do we have to burn it no you could tear it up or scratch it out it's a big problem. The name of Allah and His Messenger written everywhere. And I'll tell you who I make, who bothers me the most. People go into their home libraries to clean out their house and get all the little annoying little pamphlets of Deen, Deeny pamphlets, how to make Wudu in 10 steps, how to do this, how to do that. Little pamphlets from the 1970s. Urdu, English, Arabic, and cassette tapes that, know, that we all know that nobody listens to cassettes anymore. And they come into the masjid and drop it all on the table <laughs> of the mosque, As if we want this stuff. And now we have to get the sins of throwing it away. And we have to have the hassle of burning them all. And we have to hassle. We, we burned them all last time when the fire department came. Because, because someone called in and said, black plumes of smoke from the mosque. So the fireman came in. So he said, I said, we're burning books. Right? <laughs> The fireman, I said, it's the their religious books. We got to burn them. We don't throw God's name in the garbage. He said, all right, can you call us next time you're doing this ritual? <laughs> it's a ritual. <laughs> not a ritual. It's just we have to do it this way, right? In the old days, you can bury it. But paper today will not dissolve the way.
1: It's all waxed. It's all it waxed. And, yeah.
0: and it's got gloss on it. Paper will not dissolve the way it, it, it used to. Okay? So we have to burn them. What a hassle! You're hassling us. You're getting the sins. so we have a I like
2: with um, at Maqasid, yeah. you know, because they have their like uh, kids program. What they, they got they? like their bins, and the bins have like they have like regular trash oh, and then sacred trash. Divine, sacred. Trash. Yeah, or it was like divine oh, text or something gosh, like that. It was, it was nice. Um, this more Islamic school should do that
0: too. Yeah, we should. Really we have to. <laughs> we have to have this. And
2: then you take all the paper, and then you you make a barbecue from the fire. Yeah, and then you eat. That's your, what we have to do. <laughs> Your blessed text, blessed look at
0: food. this. Anam says, according to Ghazali, the music that connects you to Allah is permissible. According to Ghazali's uh, Alchemy of Happiness, no, that's not what we rely upon. Instrumentation: the string instrument is haram in all the madhabs. The wind instruments are makruh or haram in the or halal in the different madhabs. The drum is halal in all the madhabs. That's it. Nothing else. Okay. Is it haram to recite Quran quickly in order to complete a set of recitals like 41 yaseens? I wouldn't say haram, but the, I would question the benefit and the value of it. Okay.
1: Is yes, it reciting quickly with like still having the proper maharaj?
0: There is. something called hadr. Yeah. Right? Hadr. Okay, next question. Brian, what you got?
1: Um, just can you can
0: you shred in the shredder? Paper? You can shred it. Yes, I'm trying to get a fade haircut. Is it permissible? It is permissible, but there should not be skin in the fade, as a avo- to avoid the karahiyah. Because what is makruh is the direct difference. Part of it is is shaved and part of it is long. That because it looks odd like that, that's what we consider qaza, and qaza is makruh. So, so a fade from skin to hair is not exactly what was described in that hadith but to avoid the similarity of that then the fade from not exactly like Oz has a nice fade right here
2: right? <laughs> Where, but
0: the, there's hair everywhere on his head so he avoids the karahiyah even if you had a fade from skin to hair it would maybe it would not even be what the prophet described because, uh, what the woman had she had shaved half the kid's head and left half so the prophet's it looks odd. Shave half, shave it all, or keep it all. And otherwise, you're going to look like... They're, people are going to think you're part of the women's, U.S. women's soccer team, right? Because they all got those haircuts, right?
2: Speaking um, about that, um, or like about men dressing like women so that's pretty obvious right like when a man dresses like a woman you know like what are the habits of a woman but what about like when a woman dresses like a man equally but like where exactly do we draw the line of you know just dressing casually versus like you know like say a hundred years ago like a woman wearing pants would be considered dressing like a man nowadays everyone wears pants or you know like along those lines so what do you say to someone you okay know?
0: where is the gradation point right. of dressing like a man or dressing like a woman Yes, yeah. simple question the pious Muslims of that time and place, would they do it? Or would you do it in front of them? That's the question.
2: So basically, like, would you enter the masjid like that? Is yeah.
0: that? Orf? the gray areas of customs, or urf is determined by the pious people of that area. The knowledgeable and pious people of the mosques of that area. If you wouldn't do it in front of them, or if you would do it in front of them. Yeah, today, let's say a woman is wearing a tunic, down to her knee, let's say, and jeans. Would anyone bat an eye? No. A hundred years ago, they may. Right? But today they won't. That's a sign that it has entered in and has become something of a norm that is not a, a sin that has become normalized. It's not even sinful anymore. Why? Because in the past, the pant, like let's say 300 years ago, pants, it's British clothes. You're wearing the clothes of the French and the British, the enemy. In the same way, if I was to wear a Star of David right now. That's the... the, But if I was to wear a Star of David, if I had a Star of David patterned shirt, Thope, 800 years ago, no one will say you're supporting the killers of Muslims. We're Star of Davids all over mosques. Right. As a pattern, right? As a pattern. You can find Stars of David because it wasn't... You have squares, eight-sided stars, six-sided stars, seven-sided stars, whatever. You had all these different patterns, including the Star of David. And it was not associated with zionists today it is so it's all about these these customs and things change amira glover about giving gifts for kids inshallah i don't see much of an issue i uh, go back to the answer where it's it's all about the customs and orf and not burdening people and not uh, uh, but i don't necessarily don't find an issue with that neither is it recommended to do it on that date nor is it sinful Getting a letter from the prophet or voice. Yes, that counts as taking the prophet, uh, a dream of the prophet. Is dream interpretation, as Sheikh says, is it learned or inspired? It's inspired and learned at the same time. Okay. Let's see what is going on on Facebook. Or Insta. Here we go. What is your advice to people who feel other people's pain too deeply? As long as it's not affecting your practical life, that's the real question, right? Your practical life is the issue. Uh, Like, is it stopping you from living life normally? That's where... Okay. That's the issue.
2: Or it shouldn't be like to the point where you're empathizing with a kafir and you have too much mercy for them. But
0: I think, you know... Emphasizing with the enemies of Islam? Like, we shouldn't even go there. Now, let's say the son gets run over by a car. You're still a human being, right? You might sympathize with that aspect. Barbaros. Barbaros or Barbados has the star of David, Kim says. What is uh what is that? Barbaros or Barbados. This phone is no good. The scrolling through here. Maham says it's trousers, not pants. Oh, when I was in England and Mm. I said I'm going to iron my pants. They all looked at me because pants is your boxers in England. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and here we go. We got a lot of British folks here. So, he says the issue nowadays: is a lot of clothes are unisex. So where do we draw a line? Like right. joggers, right? Joggers, I think, are sweatpants. Yeah. In well, England,
1: like the, nobody the print, like the ones that are like uh, like these. Like what
0: fitting. I'm wearing, right? Now. Like soccer pants, Form-fitting, semi, very close to form-fitting sweatpants.
1: Oh, no. no Tailored. Tailored.
0: Yeah. Makruh. No. Tailored and semi, very close to form-fitting clothes is haram and can be makruh or haram. It depends if it's form-fitting. Right?
1: How form-fitting this is the question, right?
0: Again, go back to the righteous people and say if they're, you know, upset by it, would would they wear that? Would their kids wear They let their wives and kids wear that? Right? Would a righteous woman, um, you know... Can you trim your name in your hair? No. no lines, no trims, and no designs. One brother, one time, he he shaved a kufi shape in his head. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. His African-American brother, he went and he made, instead of, he, he put on a kufi, and he told the guy, shave everything under the kufi, right? And then he took two of said, I don't have to wear kufi now. My, he, my hair is my kufi. <laughs> joker <laughs> what can we do so we can get something we really want with du'a beautiful question this is the avenue of our deen that we're going to go down you want something from Allah then get yourself in line when you want something from somebody what do you do you do everything that they love you avoid everything they hate and you keep asking as the Prophet him said ask Allah while you are certain with the answer that he's going to answer you and never stop because if you stop, that means that's a sign that Allah will not give it to you. Our hair extensions haram, says esnika? Hair extensions for women are haram outside of the husband and the and the, the the home life, right? But they are permitted in front of the husband and the home life.
2: By home life, do you mean like if it's Shaykh a girl Mahmoud. who's not married but she can have extensions inside the house? Shaykh, that-
0: yeah, Sheikh Mahmoud said that. If it's something that, why? Because all the hair-related extensions, something outside your body bringing it inside your body, right? Uh, it's it's a type of misleading thing. Other women may see you and say, wow, mashallah. Oh, I see. This is guy's got beautiful hair. Let me take a picture with her and then show, you know, the other women say their son can marry her, right? And so he's misled now. He's told, oh, she's so beautiful, she's got X, Y, and Z. So it's, that's what they always considered as as misleading. So insofar as the misleading element is there, that's where it's, it, we have to... So they, they say that misleading is something that is relative, right? You may not intend to mislead, but you misled. You may assume that it's not misleading, but was, so they just draw a line. They say, for family and husbands, it's fine, because they know your truth anyway. Can we ask... For justice from Allah, for people who have hurt us repeatedly. We want to forgive them, but, but after justice. Yes, no problem. Get your justice and then forgive them after that. So he says, what about synthetic instruments? If the synthetic sounds, we the synthetic instrument is judged by how it sounds. Does it sound like a string instrument? Then it's haram. If it sounds like a wind instrument, makruh. If it sounds like an unknown, then it's halal. Most synthetic is like, what is this even? Right?
2: It's like air blowing.
0: It's like, like yes, yeah, something. You don't even yeah. know what it is. Then there may be room for that. All right. So what we got here is we have a question from Ayala Leventin. Looking at someone you like's picture on Instagram of the opposite gender, it's haram if it's for pleasure. If you're seeing if you want to marry them, maybe. Like let's say someone proposed to you when you're looking up there, but looking for pleasure is what is haram. But you can look at things um, for a reason. What about wigs? Synthetic wigs? Again, same line for your family and your husband maybe. That's it. That's what Sheikh Mahmoud said. Which is better for something we want? Istikhara or haja? Both. Don't stop. You throw everything at the wall. Why are string instruments haram? The Prophet forbade all instruments. All instruments. Maazif. But then... An exception was made for the drum that all the scholars was an explicit exception. An implicit exception was made for the wind instruments so the scholars differed upon it. Whether it was an exception or not, that's why there's a difference of opinion. Most of them say it's haram, but some shafi'iya say it's halal and some malikiya say it's makruh. And there was no exception made for the string instrument. I hope that answers Farhat's question. Okay. Um, what does looking for pleasure mean? It means that you are looking with the intent to be to have pleasure. Or you're looking and the looking becomes pleasurable. What is pleasure? It's a feeling inside of you. Right? What does tasting good mean? Um, put it in my mouth, I become happy. Right? It's a type of happiness inside of your body. Can a man see a woman without hijab if he wishes to marry her? He shouldn't. No. Never. He's not allowed to do that. Can people regain their nur back once Nasuh Tawbah made? Yes. And a lot of ibadah. Do a lot of ibadah. Have you came to Canada? Do you know Omar Qadri? Yes, I know Omar Qadri, but not by going to Canada, but by doing internet talks with him. Is it okay to send pictures for marriage proposal prospects? Yes, but with caution so that to only to save peop- people who have amana trustworthiness, so they don't go spreading around elsewhere. What was Imam Ghazali's view on instruments? Um... What I read is about when he says the word sama, we interpret that as meaning the voice, not the actual instruments. But yes, some some have said of the Sufis have were lenient on the instruments because of its effect on the heart. But we don't rule by that. We don't rule by how it makes you feel. Kim says, "What about the opinion that Khadijah was twenty five or twenty eight? Where did this start? I think it started by uh, people who." Um, I don't know where it started even. But I know that Sayyidah Aisha, when they say, oh, she was 18, not 6, because they're embarrassed by it. That's it. When Amr ibn al-As, he was a father at the age of 12. So marriage at a young age was very common. The Quraysh went after the Prophet for marrying Sayyidah Zainab. Okay, Zainab, who was a very beautiful woman, but she had married the adopted son of the prophet, Zayd. And they, they could not believe that he married the divorcee of his adopted son. It was taboo to them. So what does that tell us? It tells us we know when the kafirin, or the mushrikeen or the enemies of the prophet, had a reaction to something of the prophet's marriages. We know that. But where is no such reaction to the marriage of Aisha? But where does this idea come from 2518? I have no clue where they got this. Why do Islamic ensembles often use the oud when singing qasida? Because they're breaking rules and they're they're following an opinion that's weak. What time is it? Because I got to run. Ah, oh, it's three oh six. I wish I could stay. Uh, how many questions per session are appropriate? Non. You can go all day if you want. Oh, I wish I can go all day, but I have I got parenting duties, <laughs> fatherhood to do. I gotta go. I gotta go do some adulting right now.
2: When does your school finish?
0: Three and a half. Half three, as they say in England. No, would no, like... Uh, have to did, be there at 3.30. No, or like in June. Like, oh, oh, June 21st, I think. Oh, nice. When Would you say marrying a person to get his visa and then he uses you and divorces you is haram? Yeah, that's haram. Yeah, haram.
2: Because you can't have like an end to the marriage. You can't intend to marry someone with the intention to divorce them,
0: right? Yeah, you have intent. Between you and Allah, that's haram. Uh, we're going to talk about the Salafi Athari Aqida in a second. Uh, in, event, in a future segment inshallah that is from Sadiq a lot of youngsters in western countries have haram relationships what can we do? teach and teach and teach and do dawah and advise them and take them to the dhikr circles so they can purify their hearts difficulties, challenges a sign of negative istikhara no, not necessarily it's not a, it could be, it could not be Shaykh, how are your parents inshallah They're, well, I recall you saying your mom died Alhamdulillah, my, my mom had a situation and it was the best possible outcome, so I ask Allah okay. Subhanahu Wa Taala to do likewise for all of the other Muslims who are sick and who are struggling uh, with with various sicknesses and diseases. And may Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala uh, bless everybody here. Don't forget to do some ibadah after this stream is over, because Wednesday between Dhuhr and Asr, is a time of Istijabah. So recite some Quran, do something good, and make your dua. Take your matters to Allah Taala, knowing and having full iman and belief. He does answer the dua. You are standing in front of a king. This king has been nourishing human beings and animals for hundreds of thousands of years. And angels and everything. What you're going to ask is very little. You're going to get it, inshallah ta'ala. But have do what the Prophet said, call upon Allah while you are certain of the answer. And you will get your answer as long as you don't stop. The moment you stop, two, three, four, five years, the moment you stop, that's when you've lost your chance. Do not stop. Man said, I've been making dua for two years. I said, ah, to get a high school diploma takes four years, right? Four years to get a rotten old high school diploma. Middle school diploma, going up ceremony, right? Three years, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. You want this amazing thing in your life. Two years is nothing. Medical school degree, four years college, four years medical school, board examinations, four years residency, 12 years. And then you may do another two years or one year of a specialty their whole life 15 years. So don't stop. And Allah has been tolerant of our sins for many, many decades. So why don't we have the sabr? Allah had sabr with us for 15, 20 years of sins. Have sabr. Keep your dua up and have Iman and be patient. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad wa alayhi wa sallam. SubhanAllah Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yusifun. Wa salamun ala al mursalin walhamdulillahi alhamdulillahi Rabbil